Have you ever had a situation in your life that you wish could be reversed? Maybe something kind of tough, terrible going on, and you just would like to see it completely changed. I'm not just talking about a little change, a little tweak here or there, a few degrees to the left, a few degrees to the right. No, you're looking for a whole 180-degree turnaround in that situation. We probably all have had situations like that. Let me ask you another question. Have you ever seen the sun go backwards 180 degrees? Well, in this series of messages entitled Taking the Back Roads, we're looking at some of the back road stories of the Bible. That is, stories that are not so well known, but they have a big biblical truth for us. Today we want to take one of those back road trips to some stairs, the stairway of Ahaz in the temple in Jerusalem. And we'll hear about this being a stairway of prayer. Now, like last week when we did a little series on our message on this, I said the first part of the message, you really have to pretend like you're a tourist. And so you're going to have to listen to some information that provides us with the setting. And then we'll be Bible students and learn what that biblical truth is. So here we go on our trip. The setting, the time for this, is the time of King Hezekiah of Judah. So about the years 729 to 686 BC. This was also the time period for our message last week. Now you may be wondering, if we're talking about Hezekiah, then why is the message about the stairway of Ahaz? Well, as this chart shows us, Ahaz was the king that preceded him, and it actually was his father. So whatever it is connected to the stairs is something with Ahaz, but that's not really the point of the message. These stairs were part of the temple in Jerusalem. In that inset picture, you can see a yellow circle going around where they were located, apparently the southern end of the temple. And the other photograph that's there is the archaeological uncovering of those stairs. Now, to be upfront with it, those may not be the original stairs because the temple in Hezekiah's day was later destroyed and a new one built. So these might be the new stairs, even though they look a little rough. <laughs> but it's the, in the same location and they would have the same point. This is where worshipers would come to enter the temple of God. Now, that'll be significant a little bit later. What is also important for us to understand in this setting is what's going on at this time in the country. As I told you last week, during this time, the conditions in the country were very ungodly. Hezekiah's father, the previous king, was an evil king. He had brought into the country the worship of false gods setting up statues and altars to them, even in the temple of the Lord. But Hezekiah took on great reforms, brought about a righteous change in the country. When he became king, 
He cut down all of those statues. He broke up all those altars. And he restored the worship of the living and true God. When the Bible summarizes his reign as king, it says this about Hezekiah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father or forefather David had done. He removed the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. He broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made. For up to that time, the Israelites had been burning incense to it as if it were an idol. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. He held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. He kept the commands the Lord had given Moses, and the Lord was with him. He was successful in whatever he undertook. Now, last week when we heard a similar description, we noted how at that time also the Lord had allowed the army of the Assyrians, a neighboring enemy nation, to come and attack Judah as it had attacked the northern part of Israel and wiped them out. It became a time of testing for the people. But as a city and as a nation, they trusted in God who rescued them from that enemy. But now, we're going to hear of a time of testing for Hezekiah himself with a personal problem that he has. It was an unexpected illness. This account, this little back road of the Bible, is actually so important that it's recorded in two different places in the Bible, in the book of 2 Kings and in the, prophets, uh, the prophet Isaiah's book, who was ministering at this time. Now here's what we're told from Isaiah. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Talk about a rough bedside manner, huh? Wow. Hezekiah is just 39 years old. And he gets what some say was maybe a tumor. And now he's faced with this news that he's going to die. Have you ever had some unexpected bad news delivered to you? Maybe about your health. Maybe it was a, a pink slip at work. Maybe it was a Dear John or a Dear Jane letter. Or maybe some plans that you had just fell apart. Whatever it was, you were kind of wanting and, and hoping you could have a, a 180 degree reverse in that situation. But what do you do when you're faced with that kind of trouble? A typical reaction of ours, of course, would be to go to the Lord, right? So let's hear what Hezekiah did. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. 
Do you hear what he's doing in his prayer? Something that maybe you and I do sometimes. A typical, typical response is we start to bargain with God. Hey, God, remember all those good things I've done. Remember all the things I'm doing now, and you kind of need me around yet. We start to bargain with God as if he owes us something, as if he needs us to stay around. But when that doesn't work, then like Hezekiah, we start to weep bitterly. That is, we maybe become depressed, distraught, lose hope. A little later in Isaiah's chapter, he records the words of Hezekiah that he prayed during this time. Let's take a look at those. A writing of Hezekiah, the king of Judah, after his illness and recovery. I said, in the prime of my life, must I go through the gates of death and be robbed of the rest of my years? I said, I will not see again the Lord himself in the land of the living. No longer will I look on my fellow man or be with those who now dwell in this world. Like a shepherd's tent, my house has been pulled down and taken from me. Like a weaver, I have rolled up my life and he has cut off from me, cut me off from the loom. Day and night, you made an end of me. I waited patiently till dawn. But like a lion, he broke all my bones. Day and night, you made an end of me. I cried like a swift or a thrush, birds. I moaned like a mourning dove. Do you hear his moaning? He was throwing a pity party for himself. Have you ever done that? Where you felt the situation is so bad, all you can do is just feel bad? But when you realize that doesn't work, then you turn to the Lord with a humble plea. Sometimes we get so low in our experience that the only place left to look is up. And that's what Hezekiah did. Listen. My eyes grew weak as I looked to the heavens. I am being threatened. Lord, come to my aid. But what can I say? He has spoken to me, and he himself has done this. I will walk humbly all my years because of this anguish of my soul. Hezekiah realized he did not have anything with which he could bargain with the Lord. He knew there was nothing that he deserved. His only plea was now for the mercy of God. And that's what he got. A merciful answer from the Lord. Listen, Isaiah tells us what happened next. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of your father, or forefather, David, says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. 
Wow. When he just simply appealed to the goodness of God, he got an answer, a merciful answer, the right answer that he needed. Because we have a compassionate God. We don't need to bargain with him. We don't need to try to prove our goodness to him because it won't work. We simply need to appeal to his goodness, to his mercy. He said, I will hear your prayer when you pray with faith in me. And so that's what Hezekiah did. And he got a merciful answer. You see, we have a compassionate God. Remember all of those times, as we heard in our scripture reading, that Jesus was filled with compassion when he saw the suffering and the sorrow of people that he met. Not only is our God compassionate, he is also faithful. The answer that he got back, first of all, started, this is what the Lord says. And that word was in all capital letters because it was that special covenant name of God by which he was reminding us he is the faithful God of grace. And then he said, I'm the God of your forefather, David. You see, God had made a promise to David that there would always be somebody from his family on the throne and it would be an eternal kingdom. Hezekiah is in the line of David. He didn't have a son yet. And so that meant he would still live so that God would fulfill that promise of providing somebody in the line of David to be on the throne. Of course, and God kept that promise in sending Jesus to be the one who was on that throne. Hezekiah would recall all this in his prayer, and he would say, Lord, by such things people live. That is, he's referring to the mercy of God. And my spirit finds life in them too. You restored health to me and let me live. Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered such anguish. Did you hear that? Surely it was for my benefit that I suffered much anguish. Hezekiah now with faith is viewing his trouble as being a blessing. He sees that whatever it is he was going through, this was for his benefit. And God always promises that what we go through will always be for our good. It can also be used by him for the good of other people as well. Now he goes on. In your love, you kept me from the pit of destruction. You have put all my sins behind your back. You see, Hezekiah knew there was nothing good in him that deserved anything from God. It was because of God's mercy, who took all of his sins and put them behind his back so he would see it no more and only treat him with love. That's exactly what God does for us. That's exactly how God treats us. He has put all of our sins behind his back. All of our sins were put on Jesus on the cross. Remember when Jesus cried out on the cross, My God, why have you forsaken me? God had turned his back on his son. 
because there were all of our sins. God has put our sins behind his back, and that's why he answers those prayers for us. But now what about Hezekiah's situation? He did receive a merciful answer, even in regard to that tumor, that illness that he was experiencing. Here's what happened. Then Isaiah said, make an ointment from figs. So Hezekiah's servants spread the ointment over the boil, and Hezekiah recovered. Now that reminds us of two things. To seek medical attention when you're sick. God has given us the blessing of medicine. But also remember that God is the one who works through that medicine. In our scripture reading earlier from James, he said, if somebody is sick, call the elders of the church to pray over him and to anoint him with oil. Now, there was nothing magical about that oil. That was simply the medicine of the day. Because James went on to say, and the prayer that they pray will heal him. You see, God is the one who brings about that healing. And sometimes he does it through medicine. But we always give the credit to God for the healing and the answering of the prayer that he gives us. But before that healing happened, Hezekiah had a question for Isaiah. Meanwhile, Hezekiah had said to Isaiah, what sign will the Lord give to prove that he will heal me and that I will go to the temple of the Lord three days from now? And that begs the question, doesn't it? Is it okay to ask God for a sign that he's going to answer our prayer and do what he says? We don't need to look for any special sign from God. He's already given us a sign about the answer of prayer. And it's related to the three days, in fact, that Hezekiah is talking about. It's the sign of the three days that Jesus gave about himself. He said that just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so will the Son of Man be in the ground ground for three days and three nights, and then rise. The sign we have that God hears and answers our prayers is simply the resurrection of Jesus. Because that resurrection assures us that our sins are removed, and God is going to hear our prayers and bless us with life. Maybe it's life now as he heals us from our illness, but it most certainly will be life eternal in heaven. We have a sign, Jesus' resurrection. In fact, the writer to the Hebrew Christians pointed that out to them. He said, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, the temple, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is his body, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Jesus is our sign that our prayers will be answered. But Hezekiah was looking for something else. He was looking for an unnatural 
occurrence, some miraculous kind of sign. So this is what the Lord gave to him through Isaiah. This is the Lord's sign to you, that the Lord will do what he has promised. I will make the shadow cast by the sun go back ten steps. It has gone down on the stairway of Ahaz. So the sunlight went back the ten steps. It had gone down. So here now is the stairway of Ahaz. They believe that the palace of the king was right next to the temple and that from his room the king could look out and see that stairway as the sun would make its way to the west and go down. The palace wall cast a shadow on those steps. The sign that Isaiah, or the Lord gave through Isaiah was, now you're going to see that shadow go back, be reversed. An unnatural occurrence. Now, how did the Lord do that? Did he make the sun actually go backwards? Or did he, who is the creator and the sustainer of all operations of this universe, simply make the shadow recede? Don't know. Don't really care how he did it. I just know he did it. You see, we don't need to have an explanation for everything that God does. Whether in the world of nature, in history, or in the lives or hearts of people. We just know he does it. And we know that because God has done it to us. God has done that miracle of removing darkness with his light in our own heart. The Apostle Paul said, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. You see, and that's the message of the stairway of Ahaz. That stairway of prayer is a stairway of faith. Do you have something in your life going on where you would like to see a complete reverse, a 180-degree change? Whatever it is that is troubling you, the real solution is the solution, coming to God in faith. Like Ahaz, come to him in repentance, acknowledging your disobedience, your sinfulness, having nothing to hang on to and to demand that you deserve something, but only hang on to the mercy of God. In that prayer, express your complete reliance on Christ for your forgiveness, who paid for your sins on the cross and who lived an absolutely perfect life that God now credits as yours through faith in him. You can have reliance on God for the deliverance that you need for whatever trouble that you are experiencing in life because you have a compassionate and faithful God who cares and who will bless you. So you can pray with confidence because of his promise. That's what we hold on to. 
That is what the writer to the Hebrews also encouraged his believers to do when he said, Therefore, since we have such a great high priest who has ascended into the heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Pray with confidence. And then one more thing. Hezekiah's prayer, asking for that mercy of God, did not end with that. He goes on to say, For the grave cannot praise you. Death cannot sing your praise. Those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, they praise you as I am doing today. Parents tell their children about your faithfulness. The Lord will save me, and we will sing with stringed instruments. Turn your prayer into praise. Rejoice over the blessing that God has heard your prayer and answers it according to his will. In referring to those stairs, there were 15 sets of two stairs. One a narrow step and then a little longer step. They were designed for the worshipers who were coming up to the temple of God. That they would stop and have a psalm on each step. In fact, when the book of Psalms was put together, there were 15 of them that were put together for the worshipers, and they were called Psalms of Ascent, or Psalms of Steps. It is believed that those were assembled, 15 of them, to reflect those 15 steps on the stairway of Ahaz, the stairway of prayer. You see, those stairs were also an opportunity a testimony to what God does. Take your prayer, take your life, and make it a testimony to what God has done. As Hezekiah said, proclaim it to your children. Proclaim it to everyone. Do you need a change in your life? Is there something going on where you'd like to see a 180-degree reversal? Then remember the lesson on the stairway of Ahaz, a stairway to heaven, where we can come to God and God comes to us with his blessing. View what you are going through with a new view, a view of faith. See it as a blessing. God is going to bless you through that. And use prayer to come to him. Walk on the stairway of prayer. Amen.